Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points.
my monitor on. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> How are you doing today? Uh, thanks for listening to the show. It is your host, Donovan, coming at you from Dallas, Texas. As always, it is, um, what is today? Actually, why can't I hear anything? Hold on a second. Oh, there we go. Um, today's uh, Wednesday, May 13th. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, May 13th, 2015. Thanks for listening. If you're listening live or if you're listening in the archives, wherever you're listening from, I appreciate it. Um, tonight we're talking about <coughs> cancer and um, how that's affecting me possibly. I will see and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, we're also talking about uh, several other things going on in the gay world. Um, the blood ban lift and Terrence Howard's small penis and <laughs> Grace and Frankie, the show the chair attack and Chelsea and much more. So if you uh, want to tweet me, you can always tweet me at during the show or any other time at um, off limit show uh, on Twitter. And also you can follow me on Facebook at off limit show off limits radio on Facebook. And of course you can go to the website, listen to the show live there as well as on speaker.com uh, off limit show.com and speaker.com. And of course, uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can listen on iTunes, uh, subscribe there through iTunes uh, to the Off Limits Show, to Gay Mass, or to Brain Perch. So, um, by the way, typically I'm usually doing everything under Gay Mass or Off Limits Show these days. I'm not doing a lot of Brain Perch shows, so <clears throat> you might want to listen to those first. But anyway, so thanks for listening to the show. Um, I guess the first thing I'll talk about is the fact that um, I've been having a, a lot of um, coughing, like it's a dry cough lately for no reason really. And, um, and, you know, I just thought it was, it was probably allergies or something like that. <clears throat> something related to that. And maybe, maybe it is, I don't know, but, um, I went to, I've had these, this tenderness throughout my chest and, um, throughout like, I don't know, just all over sort of for a while on the left side of my body. <clears throat> and, um, anyway, I wanted to get an MRI and a CT scan and my doctor wanted me to get them because, um, I knew something was going on. I didn't know what, but so I went and got those uh, a couple weeks ago. And then yesterday I went to the doctor and got my results and they said that I had a, let me see what it says here. <clears throat> it says actually a, um, a, I have a, where is it? Oh, a three millimeter right lower low pulmonary nodule. So that means I have a cyst or a lump or whatever in my lung. And, um, you know, my doctor was not there, but the, his PA was there to give me the results because he was out for the week. Uh, and she said that, uh, I said, so what does that mean? She said, well, uh, what we want to do is wait and see <coughs> what it says and what it, you know, if it gets any bigger or if it gets any smaller. And she said that if it's above three millimeters, that's, um, worrisome. If it's at three millimeters, uh, if it's under three millimeters, then it's usually, if it stays there, it's usually nothing to worry about. So mine's exactly three millimeters. <laughs> so it's right on the border. So they can't really tell if it's, it's something to worry about or not, unless it gets bigger. So they told me to wait six months and see if it grows. Actually the, the doctor at the, um, radiologist place said, give it a year. And she said to give it six months. And I said, well, I don't want to wait that long <laughs> because if it is indeed cancer, then I have to, um, you know, the longer you wait, the, the harder it is to combat it. So I want to see if it is that. <clears throat> and if it is, I want to get done uh, taking care of ASAP, obviously, and whatever is, if I've stayed chemotherapy or whatever I have to do, if it is cancer, I mean, it could be cancer, it could be something, nothing it could be non-malignant or it could be malignant. There's no way to tell unless you do a biopsy. <clears throat> and so, 
Um, I'm going to a pulmonologist uh, in June, June 18th, the earliest I can get in there and see what he has to say about it, what his, um, you know, uh, take on this is and whether or not I should uh, be worried or not be worried and whether he advises me getting a biopsy just to see what it is or not, <clears throat> or if I should wait to see if it grows. So that was uh, good news. <laughs> and, for, you know, I'm not really, I don't know, I'm not really scared. I'm not really not scared. I'm not really um, <clears throat> worried. I'm not really not worried. I'm just sort of in between because I don't really know what's going on. And I asked her where, what causes it. She says, yeah, she asked if I'd ever smoked, if I was a smoker or whatever. I said, no, I'm not a smoker. You know, I smoked a pack of cigarettes in college when I was 19 uh, over the course of a month. And she's like, well, that's not a smoker. And she said, that's nothing to worry about. She said, you know, to actually have an issue, usually you have to smoke, you know, for at least a year or consistently. And that was never the case for me. <clears throat> so I've always been a non-smoker basically. And, um, so she said, uh, uh the other way, ways could be, uh, from asbestos inhalation, um, which I may have actually inhaled, but typically that takes like 20, 30 years to show up. So it would have to, it would have to have been when I was really young or something. Um, and the other thing she said was, um, it could be from an infection, uh, left a remnant of a former in infection or whatever. So we don't really know what caused it or what it's there. Um, something did, but we don't know why. But anyway, my point is I have, um, this lingering cough and, um, sometimes I have problems breathing lately. Uh, not like I can't catch my breath so much as it is just sort of like my breaths take uh, are more shallow. So I have to take more in more air sometimes to get enough air. And, um, um, so there's that. And then, um, what was the other thing? Uh, I can't remember. There's something else I've been experiencing. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, so that's what's happening with that. So I may or may not have cancer. <laughs> uh, great news. Um, so we'll see what happens with the, um, pulmonologist, uh, and see what uh, they say about that. Then they also did an MRI on my brain and other things like that. And, um, cause I've had these headaches lately as well. And, uh, uh, that seems to be okay. But I'm going to a neurologist to be sure. Um, I, cause I wanted me to go to check out one thing, but it, there's no like lumps in my brain or anything like that. So, so anyway, that's what, uh, has been going on with me. And so I think that it's been, um, <clears throat> I don't know how I feel about it really. I mean, really don't, like I said, I'm kind of numb about it because I don't really know if I should feel scared or not because I, it could be nothing. I could be overreacting. I could be underreacting. I just know I want to be vigilant about whatever it is, if it is anything bad. And, um, so I guess I am worried to some degree. Um, but the good thing is they said that it's three millimeters exactly. And since that is the borderline between most cancers and non-cancers, according to, to her anyway, um, that means if it is cancerous, that it's extremely small, uh, in a very like first, not even first stage or whatever. Uh, so that's good. That means if it is cancerous that I've caught it extremely early <clears throat> and then, um, they, they'll have to remove it or whatever. And I don't know if it's a chemotherapy or whatever, if it is cancerous, but anyway, in order to remove it, there's two options. They can either crack your, crack your chest open <laughs> like our open heart surgery and then go into your lungs directly and remove the, the cyst or tumor or whatever, or they can do it with a, um, thoroscopic, um, type of a device where they just cut a small incision in your chest and then they goes directly in through there uh, and microscopically they go in and they destroy the <clears throat> tumor or the cyst or whatever it is. 
So hopefully that's the way they'll go because I don't want to go the first route. Um, surgery is not something that I have ever had to, to endure. I've never had surgery of any kind. I never had to have any kind of surgery. Um, so I've never had to, uh, experience it. Um, oh, that's not true. I had, I had one surgery when I was 17 for something a real small, like cyst I had like a, on my skin or whatever <clears throat> that I had to have removed. Um, and I had to go under an anesthesia for it. Uh, so I remember that, but I mean, generally I've never had any major surgery or anything. So the idea of it just freaks me out. Any kind of surgery, like I could, you know, just seeing blood, I can't even like when people take my blood, I cannot even like look, I have to look away because <laughs> blood makes me nauseous and wheezy seeing it coming into my body or out of my body. I don't know. I just don't like it. So, um, so anyway, the whole thing is, is, uh, I don't know if you want to call it precarious, but it's just, it's not that yet. It's just, you know, whatever. But the ironic thing is the other night I was watching, uh, Mad Men Sunday, which I'm a huge fan of. And, uh, as I was watching Mad Men, um, which it was the penultimate episode. It was the next to last episode of the series. Uh, the last episode airs Sunday this coming week. <clears throat> Betty Draper, who is played by January Jones was diagnosed with lung cancer, but her, her diagnosis was actually very dire and she was like stage three and, and really had no choice except to just die basically in a year. And, uh, so I saw that and I was thinking, Oh, I hope to God that's not what me, what I have. So of course she's a smoker and her character anyways, anyway, and uh, I'm not, but, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just ironic because I've always been very clean about my body and in terms of smoking and things like that, except that one month in my college years. Um, so I don't know if it's from that or what it's from. It could be from anything. They said it could even be from pollution. It could be from it's a bazillion different things. Radon. Uh, you, you never know <clears throat> what causes it necessarily. So, um, I'm actually going to get a radon kit and test my ha test my house and see if I actually have any radon in the house or, uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's that. And so start the show off a little dire and depressing, but that's what I'm dealing with. So I will let you know if you're interested in knowing, um, what the results are in June when I go to the pulmonologist and what he says or whatever, if he wants to do the further testing or if I'm just overreacting or whatever, but hopefully, hopefully it's nothing. And if it is something, hopefully it's curable and I can move on with my life because I'm only 39 years old, at least till June. <laughs> All right. So now let's move on to the next topic. The next topic is, um, Grace and Frankie. I want to talk about that show. Okay. The show Grace and Frankie is a show I talked about on a previous episode or two of go about this show that's on Netflix and it has, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It has, uh, Jane Fonda and, um, Lily Tomlin as the lead characters and they're in their seventies and they were married to Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston, uh, for like 40 years. And anyway, their husbands end up telling them coming out to them and telling them they're leaving them for each other <laughs> because they're in love with one another. And these two women who didn't really like each other, just kind of tolerated each other, ended up being the best friends as a result and kind of coming together as a result of it. It's a really, really good, well-written show. Uh, humorous. It's, I wouldn't say it's, it's ha ha laugh out loud funny all the time. It's not, it's more of a dramedy, I guess, or something you, I guess you'd say, I mean, it's funny, but it's not like, you know, rolling the floor funny, but it's funny, but it's a really well-written show. And, uh, I, I definitely advise you watch it. We are on episode nine, I think of 13, um, watching it with my husband cause he wanted to watch it as well. 
if I weren't, I would have watched the whole thing by now because I binge watch everything because <laughs> uh, I would have watched the whole show by now. But he wants to watch it, so I have to wait until he gets home and we watch it or whatever when he's available to do that. Um, so anyway, check out Grace and Frankie. It's a really good show. Um, but the thing about that show is that that Lily Tomlin and uh, Jane Fonda are being paid the same amount that Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston are being paid, the supporting roles. And their roles, the, you know, the ladies' roles are the leading characters, the leading roles. They're being, they found out they're being paid the same amount, which is uh, offensive to them. And um, because, A, they're doing more work because they're in almost every scene, or they are, one of them is in every scene pretty much. Uh, and, and B, um, they're, you know, they shouldn't be paid less just because they're women. If they were men, you know, if they were reversed and they were men, they would be paying more, be paying more, would be paying would be paid more than their male counterpart, their female counterparts would be. So, you know, it's a double standard and, um, it's unfair. And I think that, you know, so they're going to fight for it. So it may or may not come back for a second season. We'll just have to sit by and see what happens, but, uh, hopefully they'll be back cause it's a really fucking good show. Um, the other thing I want to talk about was the blood ban lift. The United States government has now recommended that the, the FDA has changed its mind, is now recommending that the blood ban lift, or the Obama administration is recommending that the blood ban on gay men be lifted. If you didn't know, as I've talked about before, gay men are banned and have been banned from giving blood since the onset of the HIV crisis in the early 80s because of, you know, fear or whatever, of polluting the... Um, the blood supply um, when they thought it was just came from gay men or whatever. Of course, you know, as you know, HIV and AIDS can be transmitted by anyone. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, bisexual, whatever. Um, and, and in many cases, the prevalence is in heterosexual white women more these days in black women than there is in gay men. And um, so it's not like, you know, it was in the early uh, in the early eighties. Um, <clears throat> so if that's true, if the preponderance of people have changed or at least to a great degree, the percentage has changed and shifted away from gay men, uh, from being the primary carriers of HIV in this country, then, um, if they're going to do that to gay men, they should have to do that to all black women and all Caucasian women because, and all senior women, because those are the groups that are getting HIV at the fastest rate these days. <clears throat> so at least that's the study I read. I mean, that could be, that could be outdated, but that's what I read. Regardless, you know, you have to treat everyone the same in this country and they're not. And that's very unfair. Um, oh yeah. So over the last week, you know, I think this happened the day after my last show. I was like, Oh fuck, you know? And, um, it's so horrible. The, uh, these two guys were in New York city. I'm sure you've read about it or heard about it already. Um, and they were, um, oh, hold on. Sorry about that. <laughs> Push the wrong button. Oh God, I hate this. Sorry. I apologize. It won't shut up. I hate this shit. Hold on. There it goes. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, they were in New York city <coughs> and, uh, um, they were eating in Chelsea and a neighborhood restaurant called Dallas barbecue, which, you know, ironically is called Dallas barbecue because Dallas is the fucking, most homophobic racist place in the world. It's not really, but I mean, it's one of the worst anyway. So they were eating there and, um, they, uh, hold on. They, um, were leaving because one of them got an, uh, an instant message or text message on his phone that said something about uh, a death in his family. So he immediately 
got up to leave and bolted out the door. And as he was doing so, he accidentally spilled a drink on the neighbor's table. And the this black guy gets up and says, uh, calls them uh, fucking gay white faggots or something like that. And uh, one of the gay guys confronts him and says, "What did you what did you just say to me?" And all of a sudden, this black guy just stands up and he, he said, "What did you say to me?" And he turned around to his partner or his boyfriend or whatever. And the black guy stands up and just pummels him over the head with this wood chair. And you can hear it like hit his head, like cracking his head or whatever. It's like, poof, like right over his head. And he runs out the door like a fucking coward. And um, it's horrible. So I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, you can go to QueerTee.com uh, and look for uh, the Chelsea gay couple chair beating on there. And you can see the video there. And there's a video of the guy. It's clear as day. I mean, pretty clear. You can see what he looks like. They have a video of him coming in the bar and they have a video of him doing this actual, um, incident. And, um, it was actually, uh, reported, not reported to the NYPD initially, but they are investigating it as a hate crime. Initially they had said that they weren't going to consider it and uh, that it was not, the incident was not based on sexual orientation. Um, that the suspect himself is gay and therefore it's not, based on sexual orientation. That's why he's not, you know, uh, considered, it's not considered a a gay bashing or whatever, or that he can be held to that, that standard. So, um, regardless of whatever he is, you don't just hit somebody in the fucking head with a chair and then run out of the building like that. And I mean, people don't have a fucking restraint anymore. I think there's something wrong with society. I mean, there's a lot of fucking things wrong with society, right? But I mean, who does that? First of all, if it happened to me, the truth is I would have gotten up and would have hit the fucker back, you know, or I would not have just stood there. I would have hit him in the head. I would have hit him a lot harder and I probably would have killed him because I do not. First of all, I hate injustice. Injustice pisses me off, like to know to the nth degree, which if you listen to my show, you probably know that already. Um, and I hate people who, um, I hate bullies, I hate bullies. So those two things combined were really just fucking piss me the fuck off to the point where I wouldn't give a fuck. And I would just literally hit the guy over the head in the face. I would do the same thing he did to me, which was the worst thing you can do. Cause then you're also going to be charged with battery or assault or whatever. So the best thing to do is not to retaliate, but I mean, come on, who the fuck doesn't want to now this gay guy did not retaliate. He did not, um, he did not go uh, and hit him over the head with a chair or whatever, uh, but he was injured pretty badly, and there's a picture of him and what happened to him. So anyway, if you go on there, look for the guy. If you know who this guy is, please let people know wherever you live. He deserves to be turned in and to face justice for what he did, whether he's gay or straight or whatever. He has to be to face justice. Um, Andy Cohen, if you know who that is, uh, he's the guy on watch what happens live. A lot of people don't like him. Um, and a lot of people love him. I, I'm one of the people who really likes Andy Cohen. I think he's fun, funny guy. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if I really, really like him or get along with him in, in person. Uh, but in terms of, you know, him behind the television, doing what he does for entertainment value, I really do like him. Uh, so, but apparently he came out and he said that I actually saw it on the show. He was being interviewed by Sonia Morgan, one of the real housewives and asked who's the most famous person you ever slept with. And he said, um, he said Lance Bass. And so then all of a sudden all this craziness came about, you know, Lance Bass getting tweeted to death or whatever. And he said, this was his response to Andy. He said, first of all, I'm not going to tell you what I do in the bedroom. Sex is a broad term. I can just tell you right now that there was no Andy. D- God damn it. 
hate these fucking advertisements. Jesus. He said, first of all, I'm not going to tell you what I do in the bedroom. Sex is a broad term. I can just tell you right now that there was no Andy D going in my B. <laughs> it was so nice and romantic, and it was just a nice time. It was one of those things where I needed someone to hold on to. I'm not going to tell you what went down, but it's not what people are thinking. So for some reason, he needed to let people know that Andy Cohen did not fuck him uh, in the ass. So I don't know why it's so important that people know that. I guess he doesn't want people people to think he's the bottom, which I don't know what's wrong with that. Um, but I, I guess for some reason he just didn't want people to think that Andy Cohen had fucked him. Um, I guess because they didn't, but whatever the case may be, he still had sex with a guy. So, I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, there's a hilarious story about this hate group that has, um, that has, uh, what's the name of the hate group oh, called the open door Baptist church in Easley, South Carolina. And they have a domain and the domain name, uh, here it goes again. Shit. And the domain name is, um, where is the guy? Uh, I can't find the domain name. Where is it? Shit. Um, hmm. I don't know. I can't find the domain name now, but anyway, the domain name name now, when people go to it, they put it in all of their signs and stuff like, you know, God hates faggots or whatever they say. It's not the West Barrel Baptist church, but it's similar. And, uh, at the bottom of the sign, they, they have their, their webpage on the bottom, like www.opendoorbaptistchurchorwhatever.com. And so some people got into, bought the domain name when it expired because they forgot to renew it, which happens, you know, if you don't renew your domain name, um, immediately, uh, when it expires, then someone else can jump in and buy it and whether you owned it forever or not. So that's what someone did, a gay person and a gay rights uh, advocate and went in there and actually, uh, redirected the domain to point to, um, uh, it's a hardcore site called scaryfuckers.com, <laughs> which has tattooed skinheads having sex with each other and having cream pie orgies. And I mean, all kinds of crazy shit, like ice picks in their dicks and shit like that. I mean, ugh. anyway, but so like the hard, most hardcore thing they could find, I thought it was fucking hilarious and so fucking serves them right. I mean, people are so fucking rude and mean, Fuck you, motherfuckers. Okay. And then um, there is a new uh, article out that discusses whether as a gay person, gay guy, or I guess a straight guy too, whether you have a, what's called now, they're calling a dad bod. And they're calling a dad bod uh, anything that's um, um, like sort of in between fat and skinny. <laughs> so you're not fat. You're not obese but you're not like skinny or really muscular. You're kind of muscular ish and kind of have a little bit of fat on you. And they call that the dad bod. And so technically if your BMI, you know, your body mass index is in the bad, the dad bod zone, which is between 25 and 29, you probably have a dad bod. And so people, they had people, um, who have what they call dad bods on there on, on the site or whatever. And it's really just mostly guys who are like, have worked out a little bit or a lot, or they maybe they work out once a week with weights and they drink a lot of beer. That's basically what it is. So it's not somebody who's fat. It's just somebody who's like most average guys. So they call it a dad bod. Um, and I don't know, they're always coming up with new terms for shit, like a dad bod or metrosexual or lumber, lumberjack sexual, lumbosexual, whatever the fuck they call it. I mean, and poor spornosexual. I mean, it's all these fucking terms and it's always irritating to me because why can't people just be whatever the fuck they are and not have to be categorized and, and, you know, put into some specific group 
and, you know, made into something that's, that someone else can say, this is where you belong, where this is where you fit in. That really fucking irritates me. I mean, it may not irritate most people, but for me, I think people should just be able to be what the fuck they are and not have to live up to some particular standard of beauty or of ugliness or of fatness or of skinniness or whatever. I mean, I think it just really helps perpetuate um, self-hatred in a lot of ways. So it doesn't matter if you have a dad bod or not. You're just cool. You're sexy, whatever. But I don't know. But dad bod's fine with me. I mean, I, I personally am not. I've never been, even when I was in like perfect shape, good body, which I'm not anymore. But when I was in like perfect shape and had a really good body, I was uh, not a discriminating, discriminating person about body type. I really didn't matter that much to me. I mean, a nice body is nice, you know, muscular. I love muscular bodies. Who doesn't love type muscular bodies? That's great. Whether they're bottom or top, that's fine. Wonderful, terrific, sexy, that's hot, wonderful. But it's not. it was never necessary for me to be attracted to someone. As long as they weren't like super obese, like 300 pounds and 5'11", or 300 pounds and 5'5", five five or whatever, you know, I... I was, I could be interested in them if I was interested in personality. Um, so whether they were a dad bod or like, a um, um, a twink or a daddy type or whatever, I was always into all kinds of guys. So I never had a, never, I never discriminated against guys for me. It's a lot more about the person. And that's one of the things about me. I was always so different than most gay guys, you know, when I was single, because I was always very, um, I was much more interested in the person than, than the superficial, the superficial aspect of people. I always was able to look past this superficial, um, exterior and look into the interior. And that's what I was mostly interested in. What is what was on the inside, you know, who they were as a person, a personality type, that they were intelligent or intellectual or creative or artistic or funny or whatever, something about them that attracted me to them. For, for me, it was always far more, or not always. I mean, when I was a, young teenager, I was pretty superficial about looks. Like when I was like 15, 16, 17, 18, whatever, I was pretty superficial. I mean, I liked only a certain type, like muscular guys or whatever. And that's the truth. But I grew out of that. And I think, I think as we age, uh, we do grow out of that and we re- begin to realize what is important. And so as I was in my 19, you know, 20, 21, 20s or thirties and stuff, I really looked more about the person and that's what I, I was more attracted to and felt more a connection with. And, you know, that's how I am with my husband and everybody else I've ever been with for the most part. Um, I've been with some really beautiful, hot, gorgeous, drop dead, gorgeous men, you know, conventionally gorgeous. I've been with some men who people would think were not that good looking. And I've been with men who people would think were too old for me or whatever, or too young. Well, not too young, too old. <laughs> uh, so I, I, but I don't ever fucking care. I, to me, it's just about the person. And so people who date someone who's a lot younger than them or a lot older than them, so be it. It doesn't, it's no one's fucking business. If you want to date someone younger or older or someone who's fat or skinny or someone who's black or white or Hispanic or Asian or whatever, I mean, all of these fucking types and bullshit we put on people, it's just so fucking stupid and, and ridiculous. So, I think it's more important to focus on the person because ultimately that's all you're left with. Beauty is a trick and beauty is uh, fleeting and beauty does not last. It fades. It, and it doesn't matter who it's on. It always fades. It doesn't mean they won't still be nice looking or whatever, but the, the, the gorgeousness, the beautiness of the person when they were young is never going to last until they're 90 years old. It's just not possible. At least not in this technology we have today anyway. Um, so the natural, order of things is, is that. And so as you, if you realize that if you pick someone for the wrong reasons, just based on their exterior appearance only, and that's all you have in common is their sexual attraction or 
or whatever to their body or their, their physical beauty, then you're left with nothing when they're 60, 70, 80 years old or whatever. I mean, you're that, cause that's not going to be there anymore. I mean, to some degree, those will be attractive. Yes. But I mean, they won't be the same person. That beauty will be gone. So you really need to focus on the things that matter, people, the things that matter. And I hope that you do. Um, what was one more thing I was going to talk about? I'm going to list here. Hold on. Uh, oh yeah. I wanted to say congratulations to Caleb Woods. I don't know if he's listening to this show or not. He doesn't listen to the show as often as he used to, but he just graduated from college with a double major. And I want to say congratulations, Caleb. I know that you will do wonderful and great things in your life. And I know you're going to be a great activist. You already are. You're going to write great articles. You're going to do something important and you're going to, you're going to go far in your life. And so I wish you the best Caleb. And I know that you are going to do great things for our community, the gay and lesbian community, as well as just for yourself and your life and where you're going. So best of luck to you. The last thing I wanted to address was (laughs) Terrence Howard's penis, (coughs) Terrence Howard's penis. Okay, there was an article, I think it was also on Queer Tea, that discussed his penis. It was it showed a video and of him coming out of a shower in some movie or whatever, and it kind of slow-framed it and also had a screen caption of it. His penis is one of the smallest penises I've ever seen on a man. Now, having said that, I have seen a penis that size in, in my real life in the past, okay? And I dated the guy, even though his penis was really small and I'm a size queen. I still dated him for a couple of years. Um, I think it was probably maybe a year and a half or something like that. We were together. Uh, it was a long time ago. I think it was like 20, I don't know how old I was, 19, 18. I don't know. I don't know how long it was, but we dated on and off for a while. But anyway, he, um, but he had a really tiny penis and <laughs> fortunately he, um, was versatile. And, uh, so I typically fucked him most of the time, but cause I, he, his dick was like a gherkin, but anyway, um, <laughs> it was really small. Um, when it was hard, it was probably three inches long. No kidding. Um, which, which, you know, and I still like the guy because it didn't really, as I told you a minute ago, physical appearance is important to me, but it's not the most important thing. So he had many other qualities than his penis size that I found to be attractive. And so that's why I was with him for as long as I was. And, um, I found him to be a caring person, loving person, protective of me and, um, intellectual and all those great things. So that's why I stayed with him. So, um, um, now having said that, uh, I fortunately do not have that problem with my husband, um, or in, in myself, we're both have, we're pretty well endowed people, but, um, I don't, you know, I don't think that, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's the most important thing in the world, but, uh, when I heard about Terrence Howard's penis, I thought, oh, he's probably a grower, not a shower. You know, some guys, uh, when they're walking around naked, their dicks are long and, and plump and they hang low and other guys, dicks are kind of retracted, you know, in the refractory size of things. And so they're, they don't show the, the full size or whatever guys who are already showers, like the people who already have hanging out there, their dicks typically don't get much bigger. I mean, they get a little bit bigger and longer probably but not that much more. And guys who have small penises who are growers, I mean, when, they're, when I say small, I mean smaller than the showers when they're flaccid, um, who are growers can grow to like three to four times the size of their, <laughs> their uh, flaccid penis. So you never know by looking at someone's uh, flaccid penis what size their dick is necessarily. Um, however, this 
Terrence Howard's penis is so small that uh, I can't imagine it getting much bigger than four inches long or something, I would say. So, I mean, and the thing is, look, you know, we objectify a society women we have forever because it's a patriarchal society. Now men are becoming objectified, you know, and we're talking about men's penis size, the way that women's breast sizes were talked about for millennia and thousands and thousands of years. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's good because it means the playing field between the sexes is becoming more level. And I think that's a good thing for women. It's a good thing for men because it means that we're having more quality and how we deal with things on a societal basis. Um, and so it may not be a nice thing to do, but I think it is uh, indicative of where our society has come from because there was a time when you could never talk about a man's penis size because it, men were far too intimidated to, uh, to talk about that. And they wouldn't want to uh, discuss it, of course, because it was embarrassing to them and to have themselves compared to other men. Uh, and whereas women have been having that done to them forever. So what the fuck ever. All right. So I just wanted to have a quick show tonight to talk about those things. Uh, I'll be back on, um, next Tuesday, uh, the 20th, I think it is. And I'll be, or maybe it's the 19th and I'll talk about whatever's going on then with me as well as the world. So, uh, be sure and email me if you want to know more about me, info at offlimitshow.com, facebook.com, twitter.com. And I'll be back then. I appreciate you listening and I hope you all have a great night. Stay gay. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 